Hey there, it's Jess Fraser, and welcome to another episode of Your Inner Vitality. I'm calling to all the dreamers out there, the ones wanting to disrupt the usual and make change. We're talking all things self-care, worth, confidence, goals, and the importance of showing up for yourself so you can show up for those dreams and others too. Remember, it's not about the magic that we create together here, but what you do with it outside. So let's continue this conversation at Your Inner Vitality Community Facebook group. The link is in today's session notes. But until then, let's hanker in for another good session. All right. I am very excited because you guys asked for this guest and I cannot believe it, but I actually got her to come on the show. And we are going to be talking about getting started with your goals. And I figure no better person than Jeannie. And honestly, I'm going to let her do the intros. Jeannie, I'm so glad that you're here with us today, but give us a little bit about who you are and what is your purpose in this world? I love that you worded it like that. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Jessica. So my name is Jeannie Brasseur, and I am the founder and CEO of Keep Fit Women. Basically, what we do is we create fitness programs specifically for women, but we always include our four pillars within our programs, which Mm -hmm. are fitness, but also nutrition, mindset, and community. So our sort of like overall goal is to really empower women through fitness and to make it fun again. Like let's get rid of the guilt, Mm. let's get rid of the shame, and let's have fun getting to a healthier state of being. So a little bit about myself. I have three kids and I'm married to my husband now for... I should know this quicker. Six years hasn't been that long. I should remember. My background is I have a degree from the University of Waterloo in recreation therapy and social development studies. And I also have a college diploma in social work and then a bunch of fitness certifications, pre and postnatal nutrition. um, And most recently, my 200 hour yoga teacher training, always in a course learning something. Um, I love learning all aspects of health and well-being. And taking that information and sharing it in really digestible ways for my audience and my community, because Mm -hmm. most people don't have the time to do that research and those courses. So I kind of try to eliminate that barrier for my community. Mm, I love it. We've kind of like dipped into similar social circles. Like I realize leader publishing is a part of your world. Of course, Courtney is a part of my world too. And then I was so like, it was so amazing even how we got connected to do this podcast. This person is from my van life community. So it was kind of cool to just have this full circle. And of all honesty, I have been following you for quite a long time on social media. So I was like, why wouldn't I reach out to this person to see if she can come and talk to us about her goals and our goals? I love that so much. We know, I feel like our community is a lot of really powerful, beautiful women doing cool things. And I'm so grateful to be within that community. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Oh, we do have a really cool community, don't we, of people? We really do. (laughs) We do. And I think that kind of goes into our diving into our topic today is about getting started on goals. And Mm -hmm. The more that I've I've been doing chats with both my clients as well as a lot of research more recently, this has come up a lot of the whole part of getting started is seems to be scarier than the actual goal itself. So I don't know if you've got any, yeah, anything to say about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my world, it's the people really being intimidated by it and then fearing not achieving their goal, whatever that is. And I find that people are almost in like decision-making paralysis where they fear Mm -hmm. getting started because of the what if, if they don't achieve their goals. I think part of what you and I do is really in different industries, but really trying to break that down into achievable little steps so that people can achieve that one big goal, whatever that may be, to not fear failure so much. Because ultimately, when we're taking steps to better ourselves, every step is an accomplishment, right? We don't need to get to that big, massive goal. Every little step along the way is an accomplishment in and of itself, articulating that. And conversations like this just helps to reiterate that and make people feel more comfortable in their pursuits, whatever that may be. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question, actually. Sure. Because I was like, mm, I didn't prep her for this, guys. So um, oh, great. is <laughs> dun, dun, dun. what? Can you think of a goal that you have accomplished, but was really scared to start in the beginning? Yes. Yeah. It's not actually fitness related, but it's in my business. So I had this like great thriving business within my geographical area where I was running these boot camps and they were selling out. They were doing amazing. People were loving them, but there was only one of me. And I at that time had one child. I had a toddler, a brand new baby. Um, in every pregnancy, and we might touch on this later because yeah. um, it has to do with my goals. But um, I ha- get very sick during my pregnancies, and I had this realization where, like, I can't keep growing my business because there's one of me. I'm having more and more children, and I'm sick <laughs> for a lot of the time having these babies. So I, through our mutual friend Holly, decided to basically go through the process of franchising my business and. I went to school for recreation therapy. Like I did not go to school for business. This was not what I ever pictured myself being in. So having this goal of basically going through the process of franchising and all the legal stuff and all the backend and administration and being confused about the legal stuff because it is overwhelming. I cried so much in that year. <laughs> what if I what if this doesn't happen? What if this is just a waste of time? What if this doesn't work out? And I just really kept envisioning that bigger picture and I was determined and it happened, but I definitely feared not being skilled enough, not being um, knowledgeable enough business wise, not understanding the legal jargon enough that like, maybe, maybe I'm not businessy enough to do this. Mm -hmm. And that almost held me back. But I think the goal of helping more women, I can only help so many women as one human being, but if I can have 10 of me, I can help a lot more women, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think just continuing to envision that overall goal helped me get there. But there were a lot of times where I was just in tears being like, I don't know if this is going to work. So yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Oh, it totally does. And it gives a really good example because when you were talking about the fears that were coming up, every single one that you mentioned was enough. Wasn't sure if you were enough, enough, enough. And that is, that's the biggest thing. I truly do believe that like in my coaching practice, we are creative, resourceful, and whole. And there is so much potential that we have within ourselves that we aren't always tapping into. What we think we are capable of doing, there is so much more of a higher level that comes into play. And I don't know if you felt that during this process of going through the franchising goal where you're like, wow, I okay, maybe it should be the question of like, what do you think now that you've looked back at that and you've done it and accomplished it? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what you're saying where I had to do that work of like, why am I fearful that I'm not businessy enough? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and why do I feel that inadequacy within myself? 
But then also realizing I am one human being. I'm not supposed to be great at everything. I have a lawyer because I don't understand legal stuff. I have a business coach because I need a mentor, right? Which is what you do for a lot of women or people, sorry, I should say. Um, So just also understanding that I am one person with a skill set that doesn't mean I'm good at everything and I'm not supposed to be good at everything and being okay with that. And then utilizing my resources, utilizing my connections with really smart people who have expertises in different things that I do and being okay with asking for help. Wow. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was like so many golden nuggets within that right there. It was like, hey, don't be afraid to ask for help. And you're not supposed to know everything. So there are professionals in those areas to help you with those things you get snagged on or get caught up on mm-hmm. to help create and keep the movement going. In my head and my thought process is like you were the visionary of your your goal or your dream at that time. And now it was about like who are you going to bring in to renegade and actually bring this vision to life. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people, whether you know, it's a stay-at-home mom doing all the things or a business owner trying to do all the things where there's almost this like place of pride that like I'm busy and I'm doing all the things. And that's something that I had to break down within myself or being like, that's not something to be proud of, to be burnt out and run down and trying to do everything at once. Mm. You know, like there's a that sort of hustle mentality I had to come out of and go, I, I don't want to be drained by my business or by my fitness routine or by my focus on nutrition. I want to be empowered by it. And I need help in order to do that. And helping, asking for help is an empowered thing to do. It is not a weakness. And I see that obviously, you know, in the entrepreneur community, I think a lot of us are shifting our mindset toward it's good to have a team. It's good not to be able to do everything. But even the women I work with who are moms trying to do all the things and like shameful that they have to hire a cleaner because they should be able to do it themselves. Like, well, no, you're spending time with your child and that's valuable. If you have the resources to hire somebody else, hire somebody else, you know? Yeah. Instantly think of Courtney Sankaray, obviously, you know, who helped me through leader publishing and is my publisher for the Courage to Change journal. And I remember <laughs> sitting on this dream that felt like impossibility. Truthfully, I was like, I would never actually have a journal out on on bookshelves today. And I sat on that for like, I visioned that for like five years, I think it was wow. before even being like, I would like to do this. And I, and I think the key to this of getting started is start before you're ready. I realized mm. at that point, I'm like, I'm not ready to do this yet. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to Courtney and set up a meeting just to learn a little bit about this. I'm a learning junkie, just like yourself. I'm just like, I need to do all the research. And in fact, I can get bogged down in all of the research process. Like I could research my life away on a topic before even making any action steps on it. And so this was my comfort zone of just doing some research. And I remember on the conversation with her, we're talking and talking and and she was so good. She's like, well, when you're ready and when you're ready. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, but am I ever going to be fully ready for the first step? Right. And so how long did it take for you to make that first step towards franchising? Do you recall? Oh, that's a great question. Um, It was probably like six or eight months. It wasn't a huge timeframe, but I also had the external pressure of somebody wanting to buy it. (laughs) So I had to like get it done if I, if this was going to start happening. Um, so there was that, but there was for sure what you're saying, that element of not being ready. Like I had to go to a business advisor and say like, 
how do I even do this? Like, what is the first step? I didn't even know what the first step was. Yeah. So having that like internal um, feeling of being okay to say, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can I have some help? And I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about with Courtney, yeah. right? Where you're like, I want to do this, but like, I'm not ready. What's your input on this kind of thing? And that, yeah. that sense of somebody kind of helping you or guiding you is really helpful. Yeah. There's something else that's also that's powerful in what you just said too, is that you shared this idea to somebody before you even got started. And I think that's mm -hmm. a key to even creating accountability because what you did ultimately by by sharing this is you created an opportunity for yourself. You're like, ready or not, somebody actually wants to do this with me. And now I have to figure it all out. So I think there's a, like a lot of power in sharing our goals, even if we're not ready. I just did a goal setting session last night, actually, with a whole bunch of young caregivers. And I say young caregivers, these were eight or nine years old, wow. you know, and it's interesting, like they, even at that age, they were afraid to share their goals or their dreams. They were bashful. There was a part of it where they're like, that's not who I am right now. And mm. so there's a part of this too, where I'm like, hey, the more that you share this goal with people, it's also going to align with those people in your life. It, it, by sharing it, it's almost like you're weeding out the group and, and finding like those that are interested or even finding the people to help start it for you with you or encourage you kind of the mm -hmm. the cheerleaders even to say yeah and i think there's also a piece to that where being vulnerable helps people feel connected to you you know like when you open up about your struggles to your sister it helps build that that relationship and that connection and that and that happens on social media as well where people connect to human beings. So being vulnerable and being authentic helps people feel connected to you and then want to help you achieve that goal. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that's a beautiful piece to it too, is it helps to build connection between other human beings who help you to eventually get to that goal in one way or another, whatever that goal may be. I just recalled a conversation I had with Holly. I don't know if Holly's going to remember this or not. But, and I think this is also the value of why we want to start sharing these goals, because even before you were ready, I remember her telling me she shared a room with you at CanFit Pro. So for those of people who don't know who CanFit Pro is, it's annual fitness conference where we can go and get our continued education certifications. And she says, Jess, I think I've just figured out what I'm meant to do. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I, I was just talking to my friend about franchising a fitness company. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I, like, it's just so funny. Like this is like full circle. That was, yeah. I mean, I was still in the fitness industry at the time that she shared this with me. So this has been, that would have been a solid six years ago, almost right. I think around there anyways. Yeah. So isn't the other wild? part, isn't that wild? But the wild part is that your dream inspired someone else's dream too. And I mm. think that's where we don't realize the power of us starting our dreams, talking about our dreams, because it could actually inspire and create a movement. And I know it sounds, mm -hmm. it may sound really silly to say that when you're like, oh, I'm not going to create a movement, but damn well, why, why, right? why not you? <laughs> I was just about to say that. Why not you? Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll find your people. Like when you can truly unapologetically just be you, however quirky or weird, or, you know, I'm mm. very outgoing sometimes where I'm walk away from situations and I'm like, 
why did I say that? But that's just who I am. And I'm sure some people are like, that's a bit much. And those aren't my people. But there are people right. who genuinely appreciate that where I'm just this, this is me. And those people have come together in our community. And like, they cheer Keep Fit Women on as if it's their own. Um, and we are so lucky to have beautiful people like that. And it sounds like you have a very similar community where like people genuinely want to see you succeed. And people can have that anybody can have that they just have to authentically be themselves and get started on whatever it is that they want to dream up and make a reality. Be the simplest thing to do that in what you were just saying is finding your tribe. And yeah. again, it, it's kind of hard to do unless you start talking about it. So it's like, talk about that. And I know I, I feel like I'm exhausting that point of this, but once you find that tribe, I think it becomes also more of that accountability part or the encouragement part and the cheerleading part of it too. And I think it's a so simple and it could be just as simple as whether you're brave sharing it on social media or telling your girlfriend or telling the babysitter that this is what you're going to do today, or I don't know, something along those lines, just talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Um, we've just recently added international retreats to our sort of repertoire at Keep Fit Women. Yes. And one of the things I did just because I'm so used to sharing kind of behind the scenes on social media is I shared all the behind the scenes of like starting to research what an international retreat would look like. Everything from I looked up how much it would be to get a private plane because I'm like, well, there's 30 of us. Maybe it's cheaper to get a private plane. $250,000 was not cheaper, but I like made a story about how ridiculous that was and had people pulled, do you want to be in the jungle? Do you want to be in the beach? And people really felt a part of it. And I wasn't yeah. using that as any like specific marketing technique. I was just doing it because that's kind of what I do in my business. And we ended up selling out our first retreat in 28 minutes to Costa Rica, which I truly had like a marketing plan for a year. So I was just blown out of the water. And when I sat back yeah. and looked at it, I'm like, people felt a part of it. People wanted to see that getting started process where it's ugly and it's messy and I made mistakes and I got quotes that were ridiculous, even though I didn't think they would see. <laughs> and people like to see that authenticity and to see I think to see somebody be uncomfortable, but be ballsy enough to just go for it. And if there's anybody in your audience who is wanting to do something and wanting to get started, whether that's on a fitness routine or nutrition or a business or a change in their life, just get messy and get started because you can't really go wrong by taking one step at a time. Be messy. That's one of the things I say to people when they start coaching with me. I'm like, hey, this is your space to be messy. It doesn't have to make sense. You know, the concept is, is there's gems within that mess, but you've got to be willing mm -hmm. to like throw it out there and see what comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. I think there's another part when you were sharing about seeing other people's imperfections. There is, that, mm -hmm. that's the other part of it too, is we don't have to have perfection before we get started. I don't know. I feel like we need to talk about that, the perfection part of it, because that is a real paralyzing part of getting started with our goals or even moving in them. Yeah, absolutely. I find um, doing what I do in fitness, it's a big barrier of like people are nervous to start working toward their goal of being healthier because what if I look stupid? What if I don't know what a bicep curl is and everybody else knows how to bicep curl? And oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, we, I experienced that a lot specifically in my industry and what we do within our programs is just encourage people like it's you versus you, you know, if you've never done a bicep curl and you try one today and it's not perfect. So what you did your first bicep curl, you know what I mean? Or you've never mm -hmm. used battle ropes. So be it. We're going to show you today. 
that concern about not being perfect is something that we have to just get over and know that it's not going to be perfect. You know, there, no one starts doing what they're doing and it's seamless and perfect and looks pretty and curated, right? It's yeah. always a bit messy, like we were saying. So yeah, it's just those little steps and knowing with certainty it won't be perfect and that's okay. Yeah. Do you know, and this actually brings us to the first question that Jennifer had asked from our audience. And that was, you know, how do I not be afraid? Because, you know, I think the concept in that what you just said is just know that it's not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's there's going to be ups and downs and flaws, but there's that's the whole part of the gift of learning and creating that story. Like it, when you can look back at, I'm even just thinking of you with the franchise component of it, look back at that and go, yeah, there were some things that did not go as planned, but it adds to the story. It gives it its flavor, right? So. I don't know if there's something else that you want to add to the, you know, being afraid. Like, how do I not be afraid? Because in my head, I'm like, you know what? Uh, Being afraid. Okay. I guess this is where I'd probably want to add a little bit on this too, is being afraid is an indicator that there's something is happening that's important to you. There's something that's important to you that's on the other side. So in my coaching practice, I'm like, okay, that means there's something of value for you that it is important that you show up for yourself. It is important that you do what it is that you need to do. And so I think there's another perspective to that is, hey, this is just a check in your, in your, your systems and being like, just checking. Is this really what you want to do for yourself? And Mm -hmm. I think this is a great time to take that pause and be like, am I, am I willing to try this? Even Mm -hmm. if it does mean failure, imperfection, setbacks, unexpectancies. So I think there's like a part of that that I want to kind of really says do it and you're going to have fear in there regardless but because mm-hmm. it is your kind of like catch all and your sensor for yourself for sure and the only thing i would add to that really because i think you worded that so well is in my personal experience whenever yeah. i feel deeply fearful of a next step it's when the most expansion happens so like if i'm staying comfortable i'm not learning new things i'm not um growing personally spiritually in my entrepreneurship life as a parent, like whenever I'm like, this is so uncomfortable, I'm fearful. It's like, okay, here we go. So I have <laughs> learned to take that feeling and not go, oh, I'm scared, but go like, okay, why am I scared? And what's about yeah. to open up for me? And that doesn't mean, oh, I'm excited. It's going to go perfect. It's like, all right, let's get messy. Let's see what, what happens with this. And it's not always, you know, a huge new business endeavor or some, breakthrough personally sometimes it's just working through nitty-gritty stuff that eventually leads to growth personally or professionally so i would encourage people to change their outlook on fear and what does fear mean similar to what you said and look at it as an opportunity for some massive growth massive growth there's another part that you had mentioned too about fear is we talked about failure but there's also the you against you. I loved that when you said mm. that, because yeah. I also find when we go into the new territory, we now tend to have comparison. Because mm-hmm. also because it's new, right? So we want to see like, what have other people done and how have other people coped through this or managed through this, which is not bad. We can learn from that too. But there's also a hindrance to that as well of understanding that you are you. You are going to do this and crave or crave pave what I crave is my mantra. And I feel like that just seemed to have to come up there for that. But I think the concept behind it is it's your own path. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So how you do it is going to be and can be very different than the next person that's done it too. Mm-hmm. And I think following your intuition on that, like it sounds like you and I are both very like research. You know, we love <laughs> looking at the data and looking at what's worked at other people and taking all the courses. But at the end of the day, just knowing yourself and knowing your sense of like your gut feeling. Yeah. And sometimes you're not following a perfectly, you know, curated path that you've seen other people do and be successful at, but you kind of have to follow your intuition and do what feels best for you in that moment. And I think it's also valuable to say that that might change like your path or your goal. Sometimes they change. And if you're following your gut, you kind of can't go wrong in my experience. Yeah. There's one more thing I'm thinking of when it comes to this question before we kind of hit into the next question is I did a, a survey on a lot of individuals asking them why they chose not to do change. Like, what is it that they fear most when it comes to making change? And the number one, and this was just like an open-ended question, but I'd say almost every single person responded back saying they were fearful that it would negatively impact the ones that they loved by making this change. So I don't know if you have something to say against that to help people, because that could also be the reason why they maybe they're not tackling this next chapter of their world. I mean, what comes to mind initially is filling your own cup. Like you can't fill other people's cups and be the carer for um, other people when you're feeling not passionate or that you don't have any time for yourself or that you're not pursuing your goals. So, I mean, I would reframe that as, okay, it might negatively impact them, but where is that coming from? And can we work through that? But also I need to be happy and fulfilled as an individual as well. We have that as our birthright to be happy and to be passionate and vivacious in our life. We don't just want to, you know, move along through our life trying to make other people happy. So I think that maybe would be an opportunity to work with somebody like yourself and figure out where that comes from. (laughs) I swear I did not pay Jeannie to say that, guys. I swear (laughs) to goodness. But there is a real part of that. And I think, well, what I have learned helping individuals through this, as well as Mm -hmm. even going through it myself, a lot of what we tell ourselves doesn't happen like the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 negative impact that you think you're going to make on those individuals isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. And when we're going into new territory, it's also hard to predict what the outcome is fully going to be. We know what our goal is and that we're hoping that that's the outcome, but we may not actually land in that exact space that we intended. And the one beautiful thing with that too is all the people that we take along for this journey will also be impacted in that way too. So it's like you don't necessarily realize by making this change how you can maybe even be a positive influence for those individuals, those very individuals actually, that you are concerned are not going to get a good part of the the deal, I guess. Yeah. Even as an example, um, one of my clients was really hesitant to join our program because it was during the evenings and then she was going to miss putting her toddler to bed and that would put a lot on her husband, which is totally fair. But she actually messaged me. It was like, my husband wants to say thank you. He's noticed I've been in such a better mood since joining your program. So I'm like, see, you know, when we take Ah. care of ourselves and we go toward what makes us feel happy and good and whole, we're more fulfilled and happy around all the people around us. So it really does serve Mm -hmm. other people to take care of yourself and go toward what you're passionate about. You know, and I was thinking too, because I'm even thinking of your followers, those parents, and I have those in my world too. But the other part to this is 
being that role model, you mm-hmm. know, being afraid and doing it anyways. And we don't always give our kids the credit of how observant they are. And I remember one time I was like, okay, I don't know if I should do this. And I was chatting with my daughter who's, she's now 18. And I think she was around 16 when we were having this conversation and she turned around, she says, mommy, I have seen you work too hard to pull yourself back up and to build what you have built to turn around and let it all go. And I went, whoa, from the mouths of babes, right? But they see this, right? We are teaching them how to love ourselves and how to be brave in moments of imperfection and do things that we're scared of. And also, how do we move through those things too? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My daughter did a yoga program. She's seven now, but this was probably when she was five or six. And she was so nervous to go in. (laughs) And I was I was doing something. I think I was speaking at at an event or something and I was nervous about it. So her and I like sat down face to face outside of her yoga class. And I'm like, it's normal to be nervous. It's okay to be afraid, but you're going to go in there and you're going to try it. And then if you hate it, we don't have to do it again, but you got to go for it and you got to try it. Right. And I think so many of us could use what we would perhaps say to our children, but like, all right, now I'm saying it to myself in the mirror because we forget that, right? We know to instill that in our children often, but we don't always take that into our own lives and into our own situations. So yeah, I think you're right. I hope my daughter will give me a little a little chat like that when she's older. Oh man. <laughs> oh, she will. You know, I think this is a really great like drop the mic kind of moment of even just what you had said to your daughter is like offer yourself the same kindness when starting a goal and do that for yourself as you would also be there to support your loved ones or family and friends to go through the same startup process. Be afraid. Go for it anyways. And if you don't like it, you don't have to continue. You just have absolutely. to start. Yeah. yeah Do it if so you well want. <laughs> okay. So Jennifer asked another question, which I feel like, you know, another perfect segue to this. And it's a little bit of like, what's next once you get started? When you get started, how do you stick with it? Mm-hmm. I instantly thought of two things that have come up I see often in my practice is the fear of failure, which we've talked a lot about. And then also fear of repeating our past outcomes or our past when it comes to these goals. So I I think of when it comes to you and me, I'd been in the fitness industry for over a decade and you'd seen it all the time where people come in, they want to start back up in the gym and their fitness goals, but they're fearful because they've done this multiple times before and had failed Mm -hmm. and stopped Mm -hmm. going to the gym and started seeing regressions on those goals. So now they're like, what's going to change? So I'd love to hear your take on this. I mean, I think it's finding something that's motivational that isn't going to be something that's quickly gained or quickly lost. So an example I use for myself is when I went through HG, I was on hyperemesis gravidarum when I was pregnant. I was on modified bed breast for like nine months. And I used to be very motivated to continue by feeling really strong. And then for the first time in my life, I was not strong at all. Obviously lost a lot of strength from all the dehydration and not moving my body and stuff. And I found a way to stick with it and not be afraid of not getting there because what motivated me was a long-term goal of health. It wasn't a quick fix. It wasn't something I could attain and lose quickly. It was a long-term goal that was something that was sustainable. So I think when people often, like I think statistics say it's like 80% of people who have New Year's resolutions to go back to the gym, by March, 80% of them have quit. Yeah. Um, so 
you're fearing that you're going to do that, find a way to stay motivated and find little target points that are sustainable. So like if you're starting by saying, I want to go five times a week, look at your schedule. Is that realistic for your whole year? Or is that only realistic for January? Cause you're going to be guilt ridden if you don't do it. Right. Yeah, so just yeah. finding, I mean, that's more specific to fitness, but finding yeah. a way to just have something that's sustainable and manageable long-term because that's, what's going to keep you on track. And you don't have to feel failure because, or, or worry about repeating old patterns because you know that you just have to have these little checkpoints along the way. I think that would be kind of my approach to it is just find something that's sustainable and that you find joy in, whether that's through business or fitness, whatever your kind of goal is, is mm-hmm. to get started and just be sustainable so that you can get there long term. Yeah. And you had said this a number of times in this podcast too about the baby steps. And I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing that we tend to, we go so hard into these goals and give more of ourselves than we're we're used to that really that we can accommodate that's not necessarily sustainable then we end up burning ourselves out so then it it ends up putting us in a deficit before mm-hmm. we've really truly been able to create a routine and i'd say the small wins can make big ripples down the road. I was intrigued by your story because I imagine as you got pregnant, you weren't anticipating, especially the first time, this sickness that you were talking about. So it's like, hey, you planned and in your head, you probably had this beautiful delivery and this perfect child at the end. But the in-between process, you were like, whoa, that didn't go as planned, right? So So, tell me a little bit about like, how did you actually continue to stay positive, working towards your ideal goal in that area, when really at the end of the day, you were not feeling who you were. You weren't yourself at that point. Yeah. I think I had to reframe what success was during that time Mm -hmm. um, because I had envisioned like making prenatal fitness videos. Like that was not happening. I couldn't get out of bed without assistance. I had a chair in the shower. I had an at-home nurse. Like there was no way I couldn't even get on social media for my bed. I was so sick. So I think during that time, I had to be realistic that like our journeys, whether it's fitness or writing or business or self-improvement, it's never like this, right? It's never a constant incline. There are always ups and downs in our journey. And I just had to come to a realization that I was in a nine month dip. Like this was not going to be pretty. This was not going to be productive. It was just going to be like genuinely surviving and staying as mentally positive as possible. And then knowing, thankfully in my case, I knew it had an end date, which was when the baby arrived. So for me during that time, it was reframing what success looked like at that time and then having the guts to try and get my health and fitness back afterward because it was a very very long it was a year and a half till I felt like myself again because I had become so weak during those nine months so I'm not sure if that's going to be super applicable to people in your audience but there are different circumstances where we have to change what success looks like and to just be okay with that. Like we are human, we are having a human experience, life happens, you know, and we just have to kind of reframe what, what getting started and what success looks like at certain times in our life and still be willing to pursue the end goal over a long period of time. That is so transferable. I think to any goal is we picture what success is before we've started the goal. Mm. truthfully, before we've ever started. And I think that is the realism and the realistic part of working towards our goals is constantly reassessing, 
Do I need to pivot? What do I need right now? What else has come into my world that has affected or impacted my day right now and my world and Mm -hmm. what it's looking like as we knew it? So where do we go from here? Right. And like check your ego along the way, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think for me, I like wanted to be this like cool mom, fitness girl doing like pull-ups with a big pregnant belly. Like, why did I want that? I don't know. (laughs) Make an ebook movie for a business, but I just, I wanted to be that person. And I very quickly realized like, I will never be having a great workout while I'm pregnant. It's just not safe for me. So to really check like, okay, that's not going to happen. And I'm okay with that. Let go of the cool picture that would have, you know, been (laughs) and switch things up to be more in line with who I can be in my healthiest way. Mm. And I think in any goal that we're working towards is who can we be in our healthiest way? Truthfully, Mm -hmm. right? Our best state of mind mentally, physically, and you had just said something there and I was like, yeah, that's so true. Is like also not past judgment. You know, when we're working on big, hairy, audacious, scary goals, things that maybe we've never done before or goals that we've tackled, but we're, we're in a different place in our lives now that do not pass judgment on ourselves. We have to have that self-compassion during this process too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giving yourself grace, right? Like it's, as we said, it's not going to be perfect and you can't, if yeah. you're in a cycle of talking yourself down or criticizing yourself because something didn't go picture perfect, then that's going to have a big impact on how you move forward. Right. So yeah. And I even check myself sometimes when I do something silly, I'll be like, Oh, you're such an idiot. And then I'm like, no, I'm not an idiot. I am very tired. My toddler was up all night and I made a spelling error. Oops. Like I will literally have that (laughs) conversation in my head and practicing that on a daily basis. Like I don't, I tend not to criticize myself internally anymore because I always check myself, you know? Yeah. But that takes Mm -hmm. practice too. And that consistency. And I think that's the, I say think a lot, but what I do know (laughs) is when we rewire old patterns, those Mm -hmm. old patterns are deep within our wiring systems. And it takes constant maintenance for us to keep the good coping mechanisms in place because the old ones will tend to kind of like ripple up every so often. And if you don't have those checks in place mm-hmm. as you're working through your goals and the new stuff and to the the concept of sticking with it, it's it's going to continue and it could take over and threaten the success of you actually getting to the other side of your goals and what you're wanting to do. For sure. And to have somebody, whether it's like a coach like yourself or I, I always call it my business besties, like my group of girls who run businesses to point out things like that. Cause sometimes, yeah. you know, we don't notice that we are criticizing ourselves. It's just for some people it's embedded in their thought pattern. They don't even notice they're doing it. So yeah. I think first noticing it and then exactly what you said, working through it. But sometimes you need a coach or a friend to call you on it. It's tough love. It's, oh, I always say to my clients, yeah. it's coming from a very caring place, right? Yeah. yeah. You had said something too earlier. It's about the dip. And I love that. It's that it's not a permanent place, whether it's a setback or an unexpectancy, those are just temporary. So it's just like keep working through the process, trust the process, and you will get to that, that upswing eventually to that as well. Yeah. And even when you're having those dips, I think when we kind of know that they're happening at first, when we're getting started, we fear those dips, right? And that's kind of what holds us back, where if we can just get started knowing those are going to come, then it's not so kind of 
doesn't feel so impactful when you're in that dip because you knew it was coming and you know yeah. the up is coming, right? Yeah. So it's just yeah. when you get started, know they're coming and just be prepared and know that you're going to get past it. Yeah. Okay. So wanting to wrap this up because first off, wanted to thank Jennifer for these two questions of, you know, how do we not be afraid? And then how do we stick with our goals once we have started them? And I think we've gone through a whole bunch of key points and, you know, Jeannie, I'd love for you to maybe blurt some of them out too, in case I forget them, but a, it doesn't have to be done alone mm -hmm. and start before you've, you know, start before you're ready to actually start and reframe. I love how you said that reframe what fear is in our podcast. We really kind of addressed that too. Uh, what other ones can you think of that we talked about trying to make expect sure. highs and lows in oh, whatever yeah. you're doing? Expect the highs and the lows. Expect it. And it's it's not gonna be perfect. Accept that mm -hmm. right now and it will make it easier when those highs and lows come. Absolutely. And they're all yeah. part of the story. So let those setbacks yeah. happen and those bloopers happen because it's just gonna make for a bigger story to share once you get to exactly. the other side. Exactly. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know that we could sit here and talk and I'm sure that there's more podcasts in our future to come. How can people get a hold of you and, and be able to connect with you down the road? Sure. Um, so I spend most of my time on Instagram, specifically in my stories. You get a real kind of behind the scenes, like I was talking yeah. about, the yeah. real authentic nitty gritty. Um, so on Instagram, it's at keepfit.women. You can find me there. And then if any of your listeners want to send me a DM, I have a little ebook I can send them with some tips on getting started, consistency, and then some fitness and nutrition gems as well. Um, then if you're interested in any of our programs or ebooks or retreats, you can find us at keepfitwomen.com. That's awesome. And everybody, I will have that in the show notes for you as well. So you can make sure that you stay connected with Jeannie and her community. Jeannie, thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us. Deeply, deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Do you like what you hear? Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and give it a five-star rating on Apple. Now remember, the conversation doesn't stop here. Be sure to join us in our Facebook group, Your Inner Vitality Community. We would love to hear from you. What were the golden nuggets that you took away from today's discussion? And more importantly, what actions are you going to take? Now, if you're also not a subscriber to the monthly newsletter, Finding My New Normal, make sure you also subscribe today. Don't miss out on any of the good stuff happening within this supportive community. Both of these links are available in today's show notes. And thank you again for joining us and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode of Your Inner Vitality. Remember, it's your time.